like non-tech is like, okay, was I, before joining the tech industry, I wasn't traveling around with a pen and a, a paper. On what tech level the people are who are using your product. The level of partnership that requires tech to be successful is a lot higher. Welcome to the new Tech Lead Podcast. We help you to be more confident leaders by avoiding the traps of inexperience and gain perspectives from leaders in tech, unlike theoretical videos. I appreciate you are here today. Let us bring more leadership skills to the business. Let's roll the interview. Hello and welcome to our today's episode. Today my guest is Lisa Glasner. Lisa is the customer-centric software as a service IoT sales head for Europe for Enlighted, a Siemens company. She's responsible for regional teams in Europe and has been director, regional VP and took similar roles at Starbucks, L'Oreal, Nestle and Steelcase. Long her focus on business strategy, personal development and leadership accompanies her in career. Welcome Lisa. Thank you. Really happy to join today's podcast. Exciting. For those who do not know who you are, can you please introduce yourself and what makes you unique as a leader? Yeah, absolutely. So you already touched upon my professional career in terms of what industries and companies I, I worked for. And what makes me unique as a leader is definitely a very diverse de background from the industries, the companies I've been working for, but also the uh, countries that I've lived in. So I worked in Switzerland and France and in Sweden and a bit of, obviously also across, but in these countries I lived. And I think that um, has definitely shaped me as a, a person, as a personality, but also as a leader when it comes to diversity and different perspectives. Thank you so much for your, for your starting point. So our today's topic is non-tech in tech so how do you define being non-tech like where what, what does that mean for you so when i was thinking and pondering about that question i went and i think like non-tech is like okay was i before joining the tech industry i wasn't traveling around with a pen and a, a paper right so i was already used to use myself uh, technology to make my life easier and more productive At the same time, I was always intrigued in how could um, technology impact leaders and also industries and fields that are currently not yet digitalized. And uh, through my career, I came across also, interestingly, Microsoft, uh, where I was in touch with a lot of people and kind of felt you know, the way they were thinking, they were approaching things and also the tools that they were using made me really think, is that not something I would like to be more active and have having an impact? And that started, I would say, uh, probably around in, uh, 2019, kind of thinking, you know, could that be a path I, I, want, I want to make? And at the same time, obviously, also holding and um, being responsible, holding a leadership role, being responsible. So for me, it was important to identify for myself, what can I bring to the as a non-tech, right, so not really selling technology solutions, but what can I bring um, to the industry that is different to all the other people that have grown in the technology um, industry? And that was definitely the understanding of um, the stakeholders on the client side, really knowing uh, what they're struggling with and what they would like to have 
seen that they're solving for and what would be the key benefits of the technology and what would be their level of using technology as well. And and I, and I think that's um, an advantage in the industry being around probably a lot of people that are really deep into t technology but have a hard time to put themselves into a shoe of someone that is more low-tech. And that's easier for me. Oh, interesting. So what I'm hearing was you define yourself as non-tech as you worked in a lot of different other industries and working with people who have earned their experience in the tech industry, you seem to define as, as tech savvy or tech affinity and, and really tech related people. Because um, some people might say, oh, only people that can code are really techies <laughs> or only people who can work around with ChatGPT in this instance or in this moment where it's so prominent are really techies. Um, so you define it as industry experience? Yeah, I think in, in a part it's shaping the people, right? So if I'm starting my career in technology and I'm joining the technology industry, I'm obviously dealing with tech products as well that I'm bringing to the market, it's a very different perspective because I will be around what my product can do, right? And maybe a little bit less, at least in the sales function, that's what I observed, uh, a little bit less around what benefit it ultimately brings to the customer, but also on what tech level the people are who are using your product or you who are making decisions around buying the product for others. Um, and I think that's um, helpful if you're coming out of a perspective that is similar to them to say, like, I also learned it later uh, in my career and the way I'm approaching technology is probably different than someone that has already been starting um, in the industry in the early 20s, right, just right after mm -hmm. graduating. Um, and I think we need um, ultimately a mix um, of those personalities in tech because it will help to understand customers, to also refine products, and to be more successful on the market. I love hearing the different perspective that you have a different viewpoint on things with your experience compared to someone who is who for the last 20 years was intact. Some things might be easier, more approachable, or just different. And I love your perspective on where some companies really focus on the product, some companies forget to focus on the customer and the different experience stages of customers. I see that a lot in the tech industry that we build amazing stuff uh, for the bubble, for our own bubble, uh, where we are part of or where we feel we are part of and a lot of people can, can work with it. But by having that mindset, we exclude a lot of people Yeah, I think there's a great example with um, the metaverse, right? So I think that's exactly what happened there. This was uh, more or less created in a bubble. You know, no one really outside of the, you know, deeply tech-savvy people really understood. And there was the the missing link between what the technology can do and how it would be applied and what advantages and benefits it can bring. And um, this is for me a missed opportunity. Hence, I think we need more non-tech people in tech that can educate around how someone that is less familiarized uh, with technology uh, would approach 
the a solution and would pro approach a decision around uh, using a, a solution or even buying a solution. I like to imagine your suggestion to have more non-tech people in tech, but I also see a, see a fear coming up. So when I'm thinking of what do non-tech people do in tech, um, do they work in the tech industry, in, in the sales side, or do they lead tech teams which are creating <laughs> the product and envisioning, hey, people, we need to focus on the customer journey and customer experience and not so much on the product and, and people who are really product driven might disagree with that view. So where as, as leader do you make the distinction and what seems healthy for you and what might be an unhealthy environment because if they are really tech heavy people around and they have their own language and then an outsider comes in. I think there's a lot of destruction foreseen in some instances and some environments. So how do you make sure it is an effective team dynamic? Yeah, absolutely. And that's where diversity comes in, right? So it, you know, you for, first of all, you cannot just put one person that is different to the others, right? So you need to have a critical mass and then you have to have a, a fundamental understanding as a group. So if you can agree upon that the most important, and that's why I'm putting customer centricity also in my profile, because that's what I'm where I'm challenging myself as well all the time to say if the, our common ground is the person who is ultimately benefiting from the solution and um, you know secondary, the one who's buying the solution, because it might not be the same person, at least in a B2B market, then we cannot go wrong right so the only thing that can go wrong is that we are starting to argue who has um, the better perspective um, but I think what I have seen so far from my own experience is that non-tech people might come up with thoughts and solutions that tech people would have never come up with because their brain is completely differently wired right so they always think like okay this is how my product is built and what it can do And uh, from a user perspective, um, you might just rearrange certain things and then it still would work based on the structure of the product, but it would be a completely different experience for the user. So I definitely think that it's something that is challenging for organizations um, to get on board, right? Because if you just think about hiring, recruiting, how do you make sure that all this is working? But having a, a very... Um, intentional approach about it and being aware that you know exactly what you described that challenges right so it can be like you know are people going to get along with each other are you going to produce any outcome because they might you know end up arguing <laughs> about things all the time um that's exactly where the leader comes in and brings perspectives together and makes sure that um dialogues are facilitated yeah in, in these instances what i also experience a lot in in different scenarios in tech, that there are a lot of people already fed up with non-tech people mm. getting into tech. Statement like, oh, not again, someone who doesn't know about this or that tech product. And now I have to again start onboarding them for two or three months. And I don't know if they have the brain capability to learn so fast. 
because maybe not everyone is into understanding every nitty-gritty detail of a product and it really depends who defines how granular this person needs to know the product. Yeah, I think it's a very good point. And I have to say, I don't think that people really have a choice looking at the on the demand side, how many people you need to get things done in tech that you will be obliged to think about that and to continue doing it. And there will be people that won't stay with you, even you trained them hard <laughs> on this. Um, and I think there's a real opportunity for you know other businesses to say, why don't we have a tech school, right? So that you don't have to rely only on the tech companies that are training their own personnel, but there is um, a way of, you know, kind of getting into the industry and understanding basic stuff and someone else is offering that. So it does already happening. Uh, it's, it's happening with refugees. I know a couple of um, very good examples where they're doing that because they know that it's um, a great possibility for the refugees and it's also something that uh, companies need. But why not doing it in general, right? And say like, hey, this is a future skill that everyone needs. Um, hence, it also has to be part of the curriculum of schools and um, also in university for every kind of student uh, would make it much easier in the end as well for the market and the companies to recruit and um, also to be able to, yeah, to, to, to be more successful at the end. I really like the envisioning you have as, as a leader, Lisa. So when it comes to leadership, you experienced non-tech industries. Uh, I mentioned Starbucks, L'Oreal, Nestle, Steelcase, and now a Siemens company, Heavy and IoT. You have been now head, head of sales, used to be a, a VP, a regional VP and director. So I'm curious on your experience, is there a difference between non-tech leadership styles and tech leadership styles? So it doesn't have to be. But I think the environment is very different. So I would describe the environment of tech a lot faster in the way the business, right? So I think the markets are all fast, right? The way people are demanding and reacting on what's happening. And I think we have seen that um, in the last three years, what the pandemic has done in terms of shifting requirements and needs and really upside down for a lot of industries. Um, so I think that there is a speed in the market, but there's also a different speed in reacting to the market. And as the product is you know, able to change and the offering is able to change that fast, it does have an impact on people working in those organizations and also on um, the leadership style. The level of ambiguity, I would see that it's quite similar and um, all industries, right, so that everything is changing fast, meaning there's a lot of more gray zones than black and white decision making. Um, so the way that you have to trust people to have to create um, a safe environment for people to make their own decisions in terms of where they're focusing on and where they're making an impact on, you know, making sure that altogether we're achieving the goal. So for me, that was... Um, the biggest change and seeing being in the speedboat and not just looking at the speedboat around me right? and being able to react a lot faster to changing environments just because the product itself is a lot more flexible in itself and that also impacts people. 
So I'm hearing flexible product. I'm hearing much shorter production or even life cycles in general. Um, other things to consider, for example, in some instances, you have packaging of a product and it is physical. And then with software, it's virtual and you can have it within an instant. So are there any other different steps as a leader, different envisioning, other things that affect the company culture or your leadership style? The level of partnership that requires tech to be successful is a lot higher than in other, other industries, right? So I think that industries I've been working before in the market, they have just started to think about or they kind of, you know, had attempted to go into partnership mode. And partnerships, they are also creating a lot of ambiguity. So what, you know, am I partnering someone where I'm partially also going into competition, Right. So um, how is the part of the product, you know, contributing to the product that I'm um, setting and so on? So obviously in a tangible product like furniture or coffee or so on, that it's not playing such a relevant role, but it does in tech. And it's um, something that would be completely different for someone that hasn't been exposed um, to the tech industry. That partnership is a completely normal thing that you have to include. And as a leader, you also have to deal with, right? And always saying like, okay, how much is that of an opportunity? How do we, you know, what is the give and take um, balance that we are creating between in the partnership? How do we make this um, staying alive and leaders in organization playing a big role, right? So I think that in successful technology organizations, partnership is, Part, you know, as the customer is part of them. But in the tra traditional IoT business, it's not yet the case, right? So no one was going out and saying like, hey, I have this great machine that is somehow communicating and I'm partnering with so-and-so to make it even better. That's also something not usual. There are some pieces um, of partnership that I've been learning myself, but I'm also learned about some boundaries in the industry that I'm working in right now. Interesting. Now, with this decision-making and on the leadership sphere, I'm interested in the, in the recruiting process because I'm imagining there's a leader who's looking for a head of sales and there were multiple candidates, maybe someone having a profile with even more tech mm -hmm. in their space. So what can you do as a non-tech leader um, and what are the expectations on you in this role? Uh, and where do you distinct yourself personally from other people? Yeah, I think it's an um, excellent question. I, I think I pro still with my profile, people in the tech industry would struggle, right? Because they would still like, you know, this is strange. What is it? Is she really kind of straightforward this and that? And I'm not, right? So that that's uh, based on my profile, Definitely not the case, but you always have to think about how fast are people able to adapt in, um, in times like that. And someone who has changed quite a bit and has taken different perspective um, is also better in adapting to changing situations, right? To shifting priorities and saying like, oh, okay, now I have to more focus on this. This is not relevant anymore for the customers. Let's do, like, let's do it like this. 
I think that would be probably a bit difficult for others. And again, for me as a sales leader, I need to understand my customers. So if I don't understand what they, where they're coming from, and I'm just a great person that has been selling and or leading salespeople with selling tech products, right? And saying like, yeah, pipeline to get it, to get it out and, and so on. But saying like, okay, what is really the key benefit and why someone would um, make that decision and why are we so different than others? It's because we understand the customer much better and therefore can also bring the market knowledge, discussing with people who are making those decisions, bringing those back internally to the ones that are developing and further developing the product. I think that's for me, if I would think about recruiting a mixed bag of uh, people, um, that would be definitely the case, knowing that, oh, someone speaks my language, right? And at the same time, they have, you know, the solution in their backpack that can say, hey, we discussed about this and that. And I understood that this is really relevant for you. This is how you can address it and change and solve it. And I think then the solution is much more relevant than with someone that is just, yeah, 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 but actually you need to buy that product and you have the long list of what the product can do, even if it's relevant or not. Yeah, I feel really comfortable with your answer and, and the decision that you took the head of sales role. And what I want to line out to the audience is that it has been a decision for you and for your profile. And I don't know the recruiting process and who was involved in there as well, but I imagine that there was also someone with a tech-heavy background and you can give a much more different context in that. And the decision was made for you and against that super techie in my imagination. And that brings me to the next observation that also means that tech-heavy people can get outside of their field of expertise or experience and move into very different environments. So that must have been very scary for you, or at least for someone who is doing it the first time, as, you, as I'm hearing you've done it multiple times, so you get used to it, to the agility of different industries, to the, the high adaptability uh, you're having and you're experiencing helps you a lot. But what are the kind of hacks to think, okay, I don't want to go for just a bilateral move. I'm a techie, I can do this, but I'm really excited to also see a different role in a different industry and not get snapped back from the HR. Hey, this is your experience. This is your, the line of your career. Stick in your line of career and don't think outside the box. Yeah, it really takes courage, right? So I would say that in the process of my own hiring, there were people that had the courage and they saw the benefit of what I can bring to the table. That's what always is needed. And then as a second piece, when you bring someone you know different in, is obviously that the way that you need to guide and coach them is totally different, right? So they're not running on their own. I would assume that there are not a lot of people anyways that run on their own. But the way that you are taking care of those people um, is very different, right? And I, I recall that you were always also thinking like, hmm, might Lisa have felt like an outsider? 
uh, coming into the more tech environment. And I've, this was a question I was really pondering upon because no one wants to be an outsider, right? So if you, you know, grow up in school and, and so on, no one would be really proudly say like, oh, great, I'm an outsider, let's do it. Um, but I think that maybe in, I made some deliberate choices in my career, but also in my life where it was automatically clear I won't belong right away. Right. I won't be like, oh, yeah, of course, you belong to us because you're the same kind of person. You have been like 20 years in that environment. So a little bit of that was um, a lot already in my career and even also in, in um, what I did before uh, being with Siemens and Lighted was that people were like, you know, what are you doing in furniture? You don't have a clue. Right. So this was also um, something I was confronted with. And I think that you need to feel comfortable with being different to others, right? And um, that's that's what, where I'm focusing on. It also means as techie, you can get outside of the field of your experience. But you've switched so many times, it might be, you, you might be already ex quite experienced in that instance. But if I'm switching for the first time, it might be really frightened. Absolutely. Right. So this is like jumping into cold water for sure. And then trying to see like, how can I swim? Um, I think that the idea of intentionally put yourself in environments where you don't know everything, that's what makes you grow. And that's probably the hardest thing to do that, you know, immediately just after 10 years and saying like, oh, no, my, I might consider something totally different. I think it's much harder than for people who have done that um, a little bit more and has been challenged. Um, and also we're used to a feeling of somehow not fully belonging to the environment they have newly chosen. And that's an, so then you make your mind up and saying like, okay, I don't really belong yet because I haven't really learned the code, like the language and so on. Right. So it's a little bit like also going abroad. And I've done that very early uh, when I was 15, first time going abroad and staying with a family that was very different, learning a language. And I think it shaped me because it was super tough. Right. I didn't feel like I belong, but somehow I had to fight myself through. And then it was a really rewarding um, experience. And I can say that this has become a little bit a red thread through my life to say like, okay, how can I be challenged again and not just being in my comfort zone? And I would recommend that um, to everyone mm -hmm. who wants to make something like that, changing their career, growing themselves to do that. I think it's hard to do it after a long time, um, but it's definitely worth it in terms of, the rewarding experience but it's also something where you ha can say like no this is not for me right so i'm not belonging just for the sake of belonging i really want to contribute to something where i'm valued as a person and that's also a deliberate decision that you're making um, along the way to really say like hey i'm doing that i don't know if it's going to work but if it's not working that's fine as well it's a calming answer because There's so much marketing going on. Oh, you have to be different. You have to go outside of the comfort. Go, go, go ahead. And that you actually support also other perspectives, other experiences that try it out. And if it's not for you, don't pursue it. That's also fair enough. Yeah, if you feel like this is not 
contributing to who you are and uh, that you can bring the best of yourself every day or almost every day, then I wouldn't continue doing it. So our title reveals that kind of exclusion, non-tech in tech, this outsider status. So the big question is, are you using it intentionally or you know, is it something that just happens to you, right? And saying like, oh, you know, I will see what's happening to me. So the big, always big question to, are you still in the driver's seat, even though you are, are trying something different and something where you don't feel 100% sure what it's like? And maybe it's just a feeling. Maybe it's just, it's not the environment. It's actually myself really thinking, ah, oh, it's on me to have that feeling. Is that an experience you can recall in the business world you feel comfortable sharing about feeling like an outsider? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that's um, totally the case because no one else had the background I have, right? So in my immediate environment, there is not someone that has spent most of their career in a non-tech role in non-tech um, uh, industry. So obviously this is something that is very present, but at the same time, I'm, I'm trying to use it and I'm using it um, to my advantage, but also to, to the um, advantage of others and the organization. And that's the most important thing. Can you contribute with what you have in your backpack? And is it uh, creating values to others? That's always what I'm having in mind and challenging myself And if I'm able to showcase that and to bring it to the table, then it becomes something very normal. So what I'm experiencing, especially in the tech industry, and maybe because I'm surrounded with within or being in the tech industry myself, there are more and more people expressing symptoms or experiencing imposter syndrome. And I don't want to call out everyone has an imposter syndrome because it is a very serious situation you're in. But what is your take on it if people have this itchiness of thinking, oh, I might have imposter syndrome, I feel I'm in the wrong place, I feel I'm not entitled to be here? How do you, what is your take on it? So I have to admit that... I don't really have that feeling, right? So it's hard for me to put myself into it. But I, what I do realize is that the environment is having a big impact on that. So if you are experiencing in your environment always people that have done things for 20 years and therefore they are asked to do certain things, that is actually not really beneficial for killing that kind of syndrome right but if you see that people are trying out things you know maybe they don't have the experience yet but they're just asked to do stuff and they may be not perfect i think but they're kind of perfect in how they're trying it and how how they're making bringing their best to the table i think that's having a big impact on those who don't really think they can dare to do something new but we're in I think we are in an environment that is very much shiny, right? And where it's like, oh, now we are having this person 10 years and 
you have so much experience, this is having really a negative impact on people that do not have the experience, but they want to try it out. And I think that's probably where we can um, fight that syndrome um, even faster and better to the benefit of all. Well, I'm hearing less glorification, more realism. Yeah, not always pointing to the past, but saying like, hey, you know, the future. If you haven't done it the last five years, it doesn't matter, right? Because you have done other things that helps you do it and try something new and just do it. And then helping that person to do it. I loved our session for today. Now I would love to hand over the microphone to you and leave the stage. So with some finishing words, how would you like to close our today's episode? Thank you. I would like to encourage everyone who thinks like they want to do something different, something new, to go for it, really. So to think about what do they have in their backpack, whatever it is, to bring it to something new and to um, cross-pollinate. I think that's, for me, the most important. And also don't fear being an outsider. Use it as your advantage. Play with it. And I think this all the benefits will come back to you. Thank you for listening to the New Tech Lead podcast. This interview was presented to you by Marvin and the New Tech Lead production team. Special thanks to our guest and interview partner. Follow us for more podcasts, check us out on LinkedIn or visit our website newtechlead.com. Happy learning and leading. Cheers.